0: Prosper. I am your host Anna Maria Blevin, and on Prosper we search the world for folks that can tell us things that we need to know, especially if we are unemployed and reevaluating our futures. And today we had the opportunity of talking to Marissa. And Marissa comes to us from the, the Institute for Veterans and Military Families at Syracuse University. And he is a research fellow there at the IVMF and someone that knows what's going on as far as entrepreneurship opportunities, especially if you happen to be a veteran with a disability, you can be a part of something called Entrepreneurship Boot Camp for Veterans. You can follow into my footsteps if you want, because in 2015, I graduated from that program And I'm so happy to share this opportunity with my fellow vets that may be listening to this broadcast. So, by all means, stay tuned and learn some more as we proceed with this episode. Hi, and welcome to PROSPER. I'm your host, Anna Maria Bliven. And today we have the privilege of talking with Mirsa, Mirsa, please pronounce your
1: last name for me. Imagine there's a silent H at the end, so it's Teehitch.
0: Teehitch, okay. Mirsa, oh, thank you so much for taking a moment and talking with us. You know, there's a lot of people out of work right now, and they're reassessing their lives, and some of them that have been in employment have always had a dream of entrepreneurship, and you, being that you are a fellow Entrepreneurship research fellow could probably give us some wise things to think about, perhaps.
1: (laughs) No, definitely. The cool thing why I love entrepreneurship is it enables you to really do things that you love. So whatever you're passionate about, I can bet with you that there is cool opportunities out there that you can use that passion and actually create value. And when we talk about creating value, it's it's. Really, both economic and/or social value. So, some people want to start non-profits. That's fine. Some people want to make profit and, and create value by addressing, you know, the needs in the market. That's perfectly fine too. So, whatever your passion is, find it, pursue it. And when you pursue the passion, you know, there's a famous video of the art of the startup by Guy Kawasaki. He says, you know, find your meaning. Right? Make meanings. So whatever you're doing, right, it has to be meaningful to you. If it's meaningful to you. Then it becomes a, a compassionate, and you're kind of looking forward to do it on a regular basis versus when you have a regular job, depending on the culture you're working there, depending on the boss, the supervisor, sometimes people, actually number one reason people leave jobs is because of the leadership or the supervisor. Here you are the boss, so it's a little bit more challenging, a little bit more riskier, but if you leverage the resources that we have, and I promise you there's tons of resources out there for the small business, Uh, If you leverage them properly, uh, don't be shy to ask for help and assistance. You can actually be successful in whatever the success you think is or supposed to be. So it's really how you define that success.
0: So you're saying meaning comes first and then money will follow.
1: Exactly. Thank you.
0: (laughs) And I see that too on the Gottman group. So it's uh G-O-T-T-M-A-N-G-R-O-U-P dot com. So could you talk a little bit more about that and how did that get started?
1: So Gottman Group is basically a few of my friends have been uh playing with the idea of how can we assist uh entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, as well as small businesses that that are looking to grow most effectively. Right? There's tons of resources out there, as I mentioned, but if you look at the the data that we're collecting. So I work at the Institute for Veterans and Military Families and the Witness School of Management. Uh, the project I'm, I'm, I'm working on is the National Survey of Military Affiliate Entrepreneurs. So based on the data we're getting, and this is not only for veterans, but across more than 50% of all small business owners are struggling with sales, are struggling with marketing. What does it really mean to do sales? So the idea was really to create a um, community of practice where we share ideas, we exchange ideas, exchange best practices, exchange failures, right? learn from each other's failures and so on. Uh, And so so the goal is really to build this community, offer classes, online classes that that teach the basics, but also offer master classes which kind of go a little bit deeper uh, in certain sales subjects and topics. Uh, So that's the goal really, and then provide, down the line the goal is really then to provide both virtual as well as physical networking opportunities for like-minded individuals, again, with the goal to help grow the business. And sales are fundamental. A lot of people don't wanna do the sales. However, when you start your business, you must do sales. If you do not do sales, you won't be in business, right? So you're in the business, once you have sales, once you have that transaction between your services or products, and exchange for most likely monetary right reward for that by selling it. So even if you're starting enough for profit, right, you still have to sell, you still have to pitch to donors and, and, and foundations to give you the funding so you can create a social value. So whatever you really do, it's always sales. Uh, we're also trying to debunk the myth that sales is something really bad. Unfortunately, we have the stereotype that people are, you know, salespeople are not ethical, but the research shows and practice shows that those ethical and Uh, salespeople with good values actually are the ones who are doing best when it comes to sales. So debunk those myths and then empower each other with exchanging some of the skills and and tools. So kind of exchanging tools and helping skill building that aspect.
0: I think there's two things that go along with the fear of sales from an entrepreneur's perspective. And that is one, maybe at one point they had to make a sales quota and didn't make it. And so there was a rejection and there was... The bad feelings that that came with that. The other thing is the fact that that there is the the slam of the door in the attempt of influencing somebody to buy into something. That's also a bad feeling. So there's a lot of bad feelings that are associated with with sales. To you know, but how how do you get over that?
1: I think oftentimes the the bad feeling really comes due to a lack of preparation. Hmm. Right, when I show up somebody's door, if I show up your door at the at, at door, at, at Maria, and I say, I want to sell you X, Y, Z, first you're going to ask, who are you, right? You don't know who I am. Can you really trust me? No, right? So you have no idea who I am. And of course, you're going to reject me. Right? You say, no, thanks. I'm all set. Right? However, if you understand, if I understand really you as, 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 as an individual, you as potential buyer, understand your needs and problems you might have, and I have a solution and understand how you go about finding solution to a problem, then I can position myself properly to let you know about myself before I even talk to you, right? Send you a letter, send you a video, send you an email, introduce myself, so you can look at my website, you can look at my ratings, right? Look at my products, whatever it is. So oftentimes, right, even when I do all of that, that doesn't guarantee you're going to purchase from me, right? So there is, there is some healthy rejection there, but if you do, if you do proper preparation for that, if you understand who your customers are, it's going to be easier. So you're going to have less rejections. I'm not saying you're not going to people let reject you because I'm not, I might not be in the business for in the market to buy this product right now, right? But it's good to make me aware about that because maybe one day I will be in the, in, in the market. So a perfect example is, uh, for example, I have always used furniture stores, right? I know if you listen to radio, but I know unconsciously we don't even pay attention to it. But every time you are in, in in market to buy furniture, suddenly you hear on the radio all the ads. But if you really pay attention, every week there's a sale going on in the furniture store. But because we don't need the furniture, we don't really pay attention to it. Why do they do it on a regular basis, why do they constantly have sales? Because they know that you know the average American is in, in, in market to buy furniture every three to four years. So when I'm in the market, you want to make sure that I'm listening to the radio ad so I can go to this store.
0: Wow, I see. So usually they say there's like seven touch points before somebody decides to buy. Is there any real truth to that?
1: Some say there's four, some say there's five, some say there's seven, uh, depending which one you use. But ultimately when you break it down, they are the same processes. So it's a process of you know, awareness. How how does somebody become aware about a solution to a problem that they have? Oftentimes, or sometimes, we don't even know that we have a problem. So, the job, in that case, right, then if you're marketing, it takes a little longer and more effort to educate me that I have a problem. <laughs> it's easier to advertise to people who already know that they have a problem. But if I don't know, I have a problem, you're trying to solve my problem, right? You have to put a little bit more effort. So, that process might be a little bit longer than the one that. People who understand, oh, I need a car. Right. Right. Instead of, oh, you need an electric car, not a car, you need an electric car. So then educate me about why I need an electric car, and then I need the car, and then you move on. So
0: So another good way to look at it is that we are, we meaning those of us that are entrepreneurs, are in the process of educating with influence. So that kind of makes it not really... I hate to say it, but sales sales has got the connotation of I'm going to try and sell you something, but 90% of the time I would expect that you would say no and be and in the process of saying no, I'm going to feel bad because I got rejected. But in essence, if I'm teaching you what it is that I have for you to consider and I can separate myself from that, you didn't actually say no to me. You said no to what you learned. And that's a psychological game, but it might work. <laughs> oh,
1: you—you you said no because at that time you don't. There is no need for it, right? But at least you—I raised the awareness about it. So next time that you maybe need it, hopefully you're gonna remember me, right? Why yeah, you plant a seed, right?
0: But again, if I say no to you, are you gonna take it personally?
1: No, I—I I will not. I should not.
0: Right, uh, again, but those people do
1: take it personally. But you should not take it personally. You, you do your job. You do your best. There's a saying: Do your best, and God do the rest. Do your job. You do your best. There's a saying: Do your best, and God do the rest. Oh, you know really? What's going on in your life? Maybe you have a crisis right now, and, and you really don't care about anything because you want to deal with family crisis, for example. So, but then maybe three months later, you're gonna like, okay, I need it all. I remember to talk to such and such a person, right? So you do your best. Do not get frustrated. Uh, the worst I've seen is people get frustrated and they actually insult the customer and they burn the bridge. So never burn the bridge, you know, build the bridge, even if there's no exchange, it's come through the bridge, at least there's a bridge. So hopefully that person, if there's if the time is right, right maintain the bridge, right? Not only opening the bridge, but it's also important to maintain it. And even when you make a sale, uh, again, depending on what you what you have as a business, uh, but you want to maintain that bridge and maintain a relationship because it costs you less much less time and resources to maintain a customer than to acquire a customer.
0: So the last thing I wanted to to ask you about is is I think it's an oversaturation of social media. Am I right or am I wrong?
1: Uh again, typical answer it depends. Uh really think there's plenty of opportunities to use social media. But again, depending on your product, depending on your target market. I know my generation and older people than me uh, don't use a lot of Instagram, don't use a lot of TikTok and those other ones. But if you look at generation, the generation millennials, they don't even use Facebook anymore. Like in my class, I, when I'm teaching a class and I mention to students, they need to collect surveys. I tell them, go on Facebook, find groups. They're like, oh, we don't have Facebook accounts. <laughs> Right, so it's it's all depends on the generation and also the needs, and what the, the the social media is addressing or, you know, serving. So again, depends. Social media plays a major role. Uh, there's a lot of successful businesses that are built based upon social media. So I would not dismiss it, uh, at all. And I think there's plenty of opportunities also for social media to grow and expand as well.
0: Okay, and the very last thing to talk about is the audience. Is like I said. It's people that are probably in the midst of going, all right, what do I do now, (laughs) you know? And then looking at at all their options, including veterans. And so I happen to know, as a graduate of your program there at Syracuse University, what that's all about. Can we tell our veteran audience uh, what's going on there at Syracuse University and how they might want to get involved?
1: Yeah. So thanks for that opportunity. So Syracuse University um, has several programs, majority programs that are managed or managed and offered through the Institute for Veterans and Military Families. And they collaborate with other schools, such as School of Management, uh, the Whitman School of Management, Maxwell School of Public, uh, Citizenship and, and Public Policy, and other schools across campus. So all the programs are really uh, a collaboration and leveraging the resources that Syracuse University have to offer a, we call it the arsenal, literally arsenal of entrepreneurship programs for people who are just looking to start a program or business or exploring business, to programs such as the Edge, which is really for uh, growth-oriented businesses that are a few years in the business, right, we bring them for the three-day conference, allow them to network with each other, bring successful entrepreneurs, Government contracting uh, counselors and, and folks on the government, right, to educate them, empower them, and also empower with each other to help them reach the next level in, in, in the business. Uh, we also are managing and doing the boost to business, which is DOD's TAP, one of the five tracks at the DOD. Our um, our first program, uh, did you go through EBV, Anna Maria? Right, So our first program that was started in 2007 is called Entrepreneurship Bootcamp for Vets with Disabilities, which takes about 25 to 30 vets with disabilities through a very immersive program, three weeks online where you build community with each other, and then you come for a day full, full-time program. It's bootcamp starts from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. in the evening, but you learn everything about the business and get opportunity to pitch to potential investors at the end of the the eight days. And after that, you become part of the uh, technical assistance program, TAP, at IVMF, still continuously providing mentorship assistance and providing resources to help you grow your business. V-Rise is another one, veteran women ignite the spirit of entrepreneurship. Same thing, uh, three weeks online, but then instead of eight days, it's more a weekend, three days. And that changes every three, four months is in a different metropolitan area in the US. So we can cover much more the geography. Even the EBV is offered at ten different universities. It's not only at Syracuse. It's very flexible in terms of geographically. Uh, if you're from West Coast, you, you might you might want to attend the one at UCLA or Texas A&M. Uh, if you're more in the South, you, you have the opportunity to attend at Florida State University or LSU as well. So we have those programs almost everywhere, and then we're adding much more and more programs uh, diversify the portfolio. It's called arsenal uh go check it out if you just google ivmf or ivmf entrepreneurship you'll find all those programs all of these programs are free for veterans and military connected community because it's free we don't advertise too much because we cannot meet the demand. <laughs> sometimes uh we hope wish we to had more funding to offer those things uh, on a more frequent basis so if you're a listener and you have the you have the connections you know Feel free to reach out to the development team uh, so we can make these possible in your, in your geographical areas as well. A lot of these programs are online. I just thought last week uh, another new initiative they created. I forgot the specific name, but it's, it brings about 80 people together and, and it takes a few weeks to entrepreneurship training with various experts. Uh, it's also part of the EBV. So there's a really, really uh, vast array of programs. Uh, IBMF is also managing the Center for Excellence for Entrepreneurship, uh, Veteran Entrepreneurship. Uh, Misty Fox is the, is, is the executive director of that one. Uh, also tremendous resource and collaborating with all institutions and organizations across the country to really provide those resources. So when it comes to resources, resources are there. Unfortunately, based on our experiences, not every best friend and military-connected community member is aware of these resources. So it's very important that you reach out. If you have any questions, if you need anything, believe me, resources are there. All you have to do is ask. We'll connect you to those resources. You can leverage them. Uh, And then don't forget the planning. As they say, failure to plan is the best. Failure to plan is the best plan to to fail. So having some kind of plan is going to help you get started uh, whatever the passion is, and of course, Small Business Administration, the SBA, the Business Center, the Veteran Business Outreach Center, a Procurement Assistant Center, PTEC, right? All of them offering programs, specific programs for veterans and the small business owners overall. So those are also very great. You just want to know what does each offer. So SBDC offers business planning, helps you with writing a business plan tech helps you with government procurement so how do you become certified they have that veterans business outreach center understands better the veterans resources so you can go specifically to them there's nothing prohibiting you from using all of them right so it's our arsenal right so each each has certain capabilities and leverage all those capabilities and resources we all big family here to serve you that's at least what we can do so again but Thank you for the service everybody didn't have a chance to say before.
0: That's okay. I was going to give you that opportunity because I was in your class. (laughs) That's how we met. (laughs) So I wanted to let everybody know that it's the Institute for Veterans and Military Families at Syracuse University. So if you just remember to Google Institute for Veterans and Military Families, Syracuse University, that will eventually get you to the website ivmf.syracuse.edu and the ivmf is india victor monroe foxtrot.syracuse.edu and the program to which he's been referring to mirsa has been referring to is the ebf and that's entrepreneurship bootcamp for veterans so that's echo bravo victor for veterans thank you so much you know It's such a joy to meet up with you again and to see that you've got the Gottman Group and that you're still connected to that wonderful program of which I went through in 2015. And I highly recommend it.
1: Thanks, Anna Maria. Pleasure, thank you for having me. Uh, Thanks also for giving us the opportunity to raise awareness about these amazing programs that uh, Syracuse University is offering. And anybody, if you want to reach out, feel free. Reach out again. My name is Mirza M I R Z A, last name T I H I C. I believe I'm the only one Mirza teach in America. So if you just Google me, you'll be able to find me. If you just Google M I R Z A and Syracuse University, I should be also the first one that pops up. So I'll be happy to provide assistance if I cannot provide assistance. Believe me, uh, we do have resources here that can help you with that. So, it it, it would be my pleasure and honor to assist. Thank you. And Maria, thank you very much for having me.
0: Okay. Thanks, Marissa, and have a good one. Hey, listeners, how did you feel when Marissa was basically putting our fears aside when he was talking about the sales? You know, yes, as being an entrepreneurship, We do need to sell, but it's also like educating with influence and we're not the ones that are being rejected in the process. It's what it is that we're educating and not a full rejection. It's more like not right now, maybe later kind of answer, which is okay because we're educating and we're planting the seed and there's no fear in that, is there? Well, I don't think so. But anyway, I'm really appreciative of the fact that Marissa took some time to talk with us and opened up more possibilities. Think for a moment, especially if you're a veteran with a disability, you can be a member or take advantage of entrepreneurship bootcamp for veterans. And remember where you can find that information is ivmf.syracuse. That's India Victor Monroe Foxtrot Syracuse.edu. Learn all about entrepreneurship boot camp for veterans and see how you can maybe be a part of that. And who knows? It could possibly lead to things that you never dreamed possible on your path to prosperity.